Girls Gone Wild. This is Joy. And this is Claire. This is episode 239. Can we, I have a new idea for the intro, Claire. Oh, (laughs) starting now? Yeah, can we go? Ready, set? Oh no, is it on your mark? Get set? Bake! Bake! (laughs) I've been watching way too much great British baking show. Oh, you guys, it's the best show on television. And I'm so sad there's only three episodes on Netflix. Three So there seasons? are other episodes. There's now, oh, sorry, four, there's now four seasons. The fourth season is just released. Yeah. Oh my gosh, you shouldn't have told me that. Yeah. Now I'm not going to sleep tonight. <laughs> when did it come out? I don't know, but I was looking at it yesterday and it had four. I could be wrong, but I could have sworn it had four seasons where I was like, what? I have four seasons to get through. <laughs> I feel like. Oh, I need to go back and look at that because yeah. I feel like we thought we had found like another season and then it turned out to just still be the first season. Oh. And just like maybe like the, it was like the pilot or something oh. but the thing is is that there were like there are way more seasons they just aren't on netflix yeah and the only place you can get them in the u.s is like weird youtube versions yeah so if you are listening out there and you love the great british baking show and you know how to down and you guys are like you stupid idiots it's like on hulu or something please tell us where we can find it yeah other for, than on netflix for because who, i need more of it yeah for people who don't know what we're talking about the great british baking show i feel like i say it so fast and if you haven't watched it it's on netflix it's a pbs show and claire describes it as the purest actually your sister-in-law described it as the purest thing on television we talked about it like around christmas time because i was watching it then too but i really like super got into it this weekend as well it's my favorite thing like you can't you can't stop watching it and i don't even like reality tv and that's why i like it so much is because it's not like real reality tv it's like you just feel so good about yourself when you watch it. You're like, I don't know. You just, I don't, it's I, wonderful. I can't pinpoint either why I like it so much because I'm not a huge, well, I love reality TV, but not in like the crazy, like right. um, watching Cupcake Nation or whatever. Like I don't like watching baking no, shows. No, like Cake Box. No, yeah. that's the thing though, is that it's like the reason I don't like those is because I feel like they're like artificially dramatic Yeah, where they create drama between like the employees yeah. and everything. This, they don't do that. The drama no. is like, his moose didn't set. <laughs> I know. And it's like the two or the cute little hosts are just yeah, the adorable. the hosts are so cute. And, like, and the judges, Mary Berry is like basically the British version of Martha Stewart. Yes. Yeah. And then She clearly Paul is Hollywood very famous in, in uh, yeah, England. Yeah. Is like the British Guy Fury yeah. basically. Yeah. And they're just wonderful. And they're so just like. You guys have to go watch them. It's Uh-oh. so great. What was that? Did you hear that? That was my dryer. I, <laughs> Laundry's la- ready. Laundry's done. <laughs> yeah. I freaking love Mary Berry, and I love that the judges are so like jokey with Crappy. her, and she's so and she's so prim and proper. And they totally elude to her just like being a total lush. Like yeah. anytime anyone's flavoring something with the with booze, they're like, "Oh, Mary, you're gonna like that." And I'm like, "Is Mary an alcoholic? Do we need to talk?" and she says like she's getting more and more into the words i mean she the first season i didn't i heard her say it a few times but the second season she's like everything or maybe i'm on the third i've totally lost track um where everything's scrummy Mm, that's scrummy or that is just so it just needs to be really special (laughs) that is special and the layers need to be exactly the same the layers the layers layers. I love, and I, love I do love Paul Hollywood. I've heard like everyone is like when I did that post, I did an yeah. Insta story about Paul Hollywood. First of all, I just Googled him because I was like, I wanted to know more about him. And I was like, his name's Paul Hollywood. What? And uh, he's kind of like the Simon, what's his name from um, 
the not the Cowie. voice Simon Cowell. He's Cowell. kind of like a Simon Cowell of the baking world, and he's uh, just a, weird a very silver foxy, lovely man with like steel blue eyes. And um, I was like, is his name really Paul Hollywood? I really think he made that up. It's a stage name. That has to be a stage name. But then everyone was writing me and they're like, he's a player. He cheated on his wife. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, crap. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to like idolize this guy on Insta stories. Yeah, like, I the just... time, <laughs> like the time that you thought Rich Running was sexy. And then you're like, wait, I'm wait, not allowed to. Come. No, I can't. <laughs> I take it I back. I'm sorry. I did not mean um, to sexualize that person. Yeah. So if you haven't watched it, go watch it. You're going to love it. It's, it's lovely. Just like, it's such like, it's lovely. It's a wonderful break from reality. Mm-hmm. I just can't, can't stop it. watching it. It's like, no, it's you really can't. The... You get so sucked in. <laughs> it's Scott's like, and go it watch sounds, your banking stories. It sounds so stupid because like, I don't really even watch that much TV. For me to get sucked into a baking reality show, you guys just got to watch it. Yeah. You got to take our word for it. Have we ever led you astray have in we? the past? I would. That's a good question. I don't think we ever have. Zero times. <laughs> Except maybe that time we told everyone to go count macros. I know. That's what I, that, was, that was actually, I was going to say it, but I was like, do I want to say that? I don't want to. But maybe about. the time that we <laughs> like guys. made you think that macro counting was. God. A $200 macro counting membership. Ugh, can, I, can I have my money back for all that shit? Um, no, I, I, <sighs> shouldn't, I shouldn't say that. Um. But I should. Uh, I think about that a lot sometimes, like all the stuff that we've gone through, where I'm like, well, we've put it out there and we're always going to be like learning things. So no regrets. But there's times when I'm like, God, I hope I didn't influence people in a negative way. But that's not the case of the Great British Baking Show. This will will go on. What's the word I'm looking for? Not maintain. Not it will be long in duration. What's that word? Yes. Um, Sustained. Sustain, survive, survive, it will go on. I mean, it will go on. Yeah. <laughs> My heart will go on My with the Great British Baking Show. <sighs> and it will probably make up for all the times that we gave you really bad influence. I don't yes. know. Yeah. Sorry if we ever did that. Hopefully yeah. not. So, um, what's the deal? Well, you know, speaking of influence, I um, I do want to talk out really quick, like, the the culture I'm seeing right now, like I know that we're doing a lot of stuff on social media to um, kind of be more positive. I mean, we've been doing this for a while, but me a more positive influence on social media. And we've been doing our, um, what, Friday? I remember the word I was looking for. Yeah. Prevail. This will prevail. Were you just Googling that? Yeah, I had to go to thesaurus.com. <laughs> I looked up sustain. I was like, it's close, but it's not. And then I saw preserve and I was like that's closer it's getting closer in my brain I'm in the neighborhood and Mm -hmm. then I got it it will prevail go ahead I know that was gonna bug you for a long time so I'm glad you figured it out (laughs) Um, but we're doing the uh, nonprofits on Fridays on our social media on our Instagram and then transformation Tuesdays is now what you're doing to transform the world and give back in some way shape or form and I really like that. So I feel like the influence of social media has been on my mind a lot lately. And I don't want to rant, but I just get really irked. And I'm trying to reframe this to like, just continue to control what we can control. And um, the constant like, people talking about health, fitness, posting about food, that don't have business doing that. And I think that uh, what bothers me is I was listening to this book the other day about how or it was an article about how Instagram has changed the way we eat. And I never really thought about it that way. Like, 
all the things that we see in pictures of food and portion sizes influence us of like how we're supposed to eat. Do you ever look at a portion size and you're like, that's all they're eating? Because <laughs> I do that a lot. Yes. Or and like then I'm like, in- yeah, the Instagrammers who will post pictures of like their food for the whole day. I'm like, there's no way you only eat that. Yeah. They're like, for breakfast, and I have a bar and no. two hard boiled eggs. And then I have a snack and it's a smoothie. And then and I'm like, I'm going to be very controversial and probably piss some people off right now. But stop posting what you ate in a day. Like to me, I'm just like that. Is, is that the most interesting thing about you? But not only that is like what you're doing is perpetuating this bullshit yeah. culture of disordered eating. So well, and yeah, I even I tend to see things in this and this on this topic from a little bit less of like an eating disorder trigger than you do. And I even see it of like even if you are like this is you know I eat plenty. I'm not whatever. It's just like, you really don't have, is that really the most interesting thing about you that you want to post and put out in the world? Like in a million years or not a million in like 5,000 years when somebody unearths your Instagram feed, they're going to be like, this person, you know, ate, loved avocado toast. Like, is that what you want to go down in history? <laughs> you think about like, like the history, avocado if you toast up, was really big in her life. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I have I, Instagrammed many a piece of avocado toast. Sure. I'm just saying, like, there's more interesting things in your life than what you ate all day. And even if you're a food blogger, like a legit famous food blogger, I still feel like, I don't know. And I, yeah, I don't know. So it's interesting I, to me. Go ahead. No, I just think of like Joy the Baker. I completely 100% respect her. I've loved her yeah. since day one. She truly respects the art of food. And she is like through and through professional, in my opinion. And she she just has a good, solid healthy vibe about things and like focusing on the really important things in life. And I feel like sometimes uh, when I am scrolling through Instagram and people are constantly like, this is what you should eat. This is what I ate. This is what healthy eating is. It's like, you're just kind of like masking that in the diet culture. And I, well, I, and it I doesn't feel too, good. There's a difference for me between being like, oh, I'm eating my favorite lunch and here's a picture of it. Or like, oh, I tried out this really new, fun new restaurant. And here's a picture of what I got versus like, here is a staged collection of everything I ate today. Right. Like, I'm not saying never post a picture of your food because it's Instagram. I do love to see, yeah, I do love to see beautiful food. I love to see beautiful food. It's interesting. If you go to a fun restaurant, right. Or if if I'm like, if you're at a cool restaurant, like, I want to see that. Or if you like, somebody makes you a beautiful dinner, I I really want to see that. What I don't care to see is like the grid of like, 8 a.m. Two hard boiled eggs. (laughs) No, no. 10 a.m. Everyone, stop that right now. 11 a.m crying yeah it's not great Eleven thirty. Do just say no a handful of almonds handful yeah oh my gosh <laughs> eliza schlesinger what am i yeah. a sugar squirrel i just have a handful have of you, almonds <laughs> have you seen that thing that's like um it's like uh for a, or like a fun health tip everywhere that you would use rice just replace it with cauliflower actually your whole life is cauliflower now <laughs> there's no happiness no joy just cauliflower oh god like, it's so so it's so close to home. So, Speaking of which, can yeah. we talk about yes. how I just did a whole thirty and didn't tell anyone about yeah. it? What's up with that, you little Speaking secret squirrel? Re- Speaking of replacing everything with cauliflower, yeah, which I can't do. P.S. Because it's too much fiber. It the yeah, a lot of too much fiber. Happen. Yeah, a lot of things happen. I can't eat cauliflower rice. Um, similarly to how I can't eat spaghetti squash, which I will also say when I when we had that episode, like when was it over? over the summer maybe about yeah. how I oh it was with Julie. It was with Last Julie, yeah. Julie. Mm-hmm. And she was talking about her like spaghetti squash casseroles and I was like, I can't eat them. Yeah. Because spaghetti squash makes me poop. Um no fewer than like five people and two of whom I actually know personally, like Jason, 
I'm going to out them. Jason from 5280 and I think it was David Aww. Fitzpatrick all wrote me and were like, I can't eat it either. Ah! The only <laughs> everyone's like suffering in silence. Thinking yeah, everyone's like running to the bathroom after they eat spaghetti <laughs> fresh being like, it's, I'm the only one. It's, I, you're not the only one. I do it too. And oh, so does Jason so... and David. <laughs> sorry for outing you. Sorry. You're not alone. I'm sorry that I... <laughs> I'm sorry that I told everyone you had diarrhea in Barnes and Noble. I'm sorry I brought it again now. now. Oh, I'm sorry I told everyone you got diarrhea and you ate spaghetti squash. I'm sorry for saying it again now. You guys Ooh. have been outed on the podcast. Oh, Lord. Um, <laughs> what were we talking about? Whole30. I just did yeah. a Whole30. And I, I feel, like, well, I feel like you like need to explain because everyone's going to be like, what? This is They're going to yeah. think you're a hypocrite. I did a whole 30. It was really more like a whole 25 because we went to Florida last this past week for my grandma's funeral and there just weren't a lot of food choices. And yeah. so I did my best, but it was definitely not a whole 30. Sure. Like her, the, her funeral reception, the only food was finger sandwiches, like literally on white bread. And I was yeah. like, I'm going to eat this. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just, I came out of the holidays just feeling like big pile of poop. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, I, and we've talked about how a million times, how like for me, different diets and different ways of eating I can just sort of like go in and out of them and it doesn't really you know yeah. kind of take what take what I take and leave what I leave yeah you're you have like the emotional yeah. distance that you're you can kind of float in and out right. fairly easily Not a big deal yeah and I've done a lot of whole 30s in the past and so I thought you know what for going into January I'm just gonna do a whole 30 kind of to reset and somebody I did post about it on my personal Instagram a little bit quite a bit and somebody was like you know do you still see the same results if you do it multiple times and I kind of got confused by that question because I was like, well, I mean, what kind of results like yeah. are you talking about? Like, do I have losing weight? Am I like getting better sleep? Like what are you really trying to get at? And I do find that when my diet is not full of sugar and not full of um, – really the biggest difference for me when I eat Whole30 is that I don't – I'm a lot more conscious of my snacking. I'm more likely to eat – true meals throughout the day rather than just sort of like randomly grabbing crap as I go. And I'm much more likely to plan ahead with what I eat. And so all of those things are just habits that I like to kind of plug back into every once in a while. And also just like having that awareness of having to plan for your food and having to not like, especially when I um, was working, which we'll talk in a minute about how my first couple weeks without my job, but you know, I would get to two o'clock in the afternoon and be like, oh my gosh, I haven't even eaten yet. So it's been nice. It the whole 30 is a nice way for me to kind of just reset and remind myself like, Hey, you need to eat. You need to take care of yourself. You need to plan ahead. You need to not just like decide that it's Mac and cheese night again. Right. So that was just sort of the impetus for that. So I do it quite a bit, not quite a bit, like once a year, maybe I'll do a whole 30. And it was so boring though, guys, because the last time we did it, we did it with all the voice memos. And when we did our voice memos, I loved that. I loved it too. It was so I would do fun. it just to have something to talk to. Like if you guys can yeah. think of something that we can do for 30 days to talk to to talk to you guys in voice memos. I yeah. don't know if I'd like want to do a whole 30 again, but like not necessarily, but like what can we do because I had so much fun. And I think it that keeps it, you on it track. Actually, it does. And I think like it ended up being my most successful whole 30, mm-hmm. not just in the fact that I sent on track, but in the fact that like I was actually really introspective and reflective and typically I kind of just like go through the motions then get to the end of 30 days and I'm like great I'm gonna go have some nachos right which I ate nachos today by the way but that's just story for a different time delicious and yeah I don't feel great though (laughs) (laughs) it turns out that was a bad turns out yeah that's it's not exactly like slowly bringing yourself back into the normal food world it's like just diving off a cliff yeah um but anyway 
yeah, when we did our voice memos, I feel like I got so much out of that, of like actually sitting on and talking through things. So when I did this Whole30, I consciously didn't want to post about it on our Instagram because it was like the January Whole30, everyone's doing it. Right. And when we did the Whole30 last time, you know, we had a lot of people who kind of did it not with us, but like followed along. And we've had a ton of people since then who have found our podcast through our whole 30 voice memos. Yeah. But we also had a couple of people write to us and say, Hey guys, like, I just want to make sure that you have an awareness of the fact that a whole 30 can be very triggering for some people. Yep. And so I didn't want to make a big deal out of it. Right. So I just didn't say anything, mm-hmm. but, um, yeah, so it went fine. I mean, like I said, I got my, we were, so my grandma passed away in November her funeral was this past week and in Florida. And it was like, I'm not going to go down there with my entire family and be like, I'm sorry, is there sugar in this? Yeah. That was not, it sorry. was not a camera place. Yeah. <laughs> it's, so like, yeah, like, it's I a didn't, good call. Right. I didn't like drink. I didn't, whatever. I didn't have pizza when, you know, we ordered pizza and I instead got like a little microwavable rice bowl of something. So I made my best efforts. But like I said, like at the reception, when they were passing around like little finger sandwiches, I wasn't going to be like, oh, I'm sorry. I don't do gluten. I don't do gluten. (laughs) Yeah. And I didn't feel great, to be honest with you, but it was like, you know what? In the spirit of what is currently happening, I'm not going to like sit here and pout about my food choices. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I remember doing the – back on the the voice memos, I feel like that piece was – I liked that we were doing it with a group and it felt like we were doing it with a group because as we were talking through it, I could like imagine everyone else doing it with us. Um, So I just want to clarify that. I feel like I always have to kind of say that when we, you know, when we did the whole 30 or if we were to do another one, it's not good or bad. Like I feel like the intention behind it um, can really kind of creep into like the diet culture thing. But um, for me, it was like, I just want to do an experiment to see how this feels. And especially coming off of macro counting, I wanted to just be free of... uh, some of the restrictions and now a lot of people would be like well isn't whole 30 taking away a lot of foods and it's like yeah but i don't know i feel like for me yeah. i was like i could do anything for 30 days and try it and then go back to my normal life well and i've, th- I've thought a lot about that too because i remember like we had a podcast where we said like if you're struggling with macro counting a good transition could be to do a whole 30 and somebody specifically wrote to us and they were like i cannot believe that you are you know, like it's irresponsible that you guys are suggesting that people do yeah. a whole 30 we're like please <laughs> first of all we know, and we, I think we've talked about this before too, because like when that came, when that person wrote us that email, it was like, do you know who we are? Yeah. Not like um, my father, the inventor of Toaster Strudel, do you know who we are? But more like our listeners are smart. Very you guys smart. know yeah. that, you know, you're not just going to go follow us down any rabbit hole just because we're going there. You're no. going to look at things. And, but I do think that for people who are transitioning out of macros, it can be difficult to go cold turkey into trying to intuitively eat. And we talked about this a ton in our um, mindful body challenge back mm-hmm. in November, but it's like it it can be hard and it can be scary. And if you have been spending the last month or years with someone else telling you when and how much to eat, it's very very difficult to just go cold turkey. Yeah, and try to figure out how to feed yourself, which sounds so weird, but like it really is. Mm-hmm. And so we found that if you can manage it, a whole thirty can be a good transition. You know, because it's like your quantities aren't limited, but you also the fear of just diving into a cake is not there either because right. you still do have some boundaries. Yeah, like you're just eating very like wholesome, nutritious foods and it's for 30 days. It's not meant to go past that, uh, which I think with everything that we do, people want to take it and run with it and be like, I'm doing whole 30 forever. Uh, 
but yeah, it's, it was definitely kind of like a mindset shift that I felt like was really helpful for me, but I never went into it thinking like, you know, I'm going to do this forever. No sugar. I'm never no whatever. eating gluten again. Like stop. Although I will say every time I eat gluten, I, so, you know, I went off of, I did my whole 30. The, the first day I ate, what did I eat? Something. It, I thought it was pretty benign. Oh, it was like half a, oh, it was, we were on our way, um, like half a PB&J. I like split a peanut butter and jelly with Miles. Mm-hmm. And within 10 minutes, I had a super bad headache. Oh. And I was like, there it is. This That's is why. why I don't, this is why. Yeah. <clears throat> and I also get um, cold sores when I eat gluten. Oh, that's weird. So if you are a t- if you are a person who gets cold sores, I used to get them all the time when I was all my whole life. I've get, been getting them since I was a toddler. I think I like picked them up from my mom, you know, because toddlers and moms just share everything. And I've been getting them my whole life, like a couple times a year at least. And then when I was really strict paleo, I did never had a single one. Hmm. When I stopped eating gluten, I never ever had a single cold sore. And then when I started re- when I kind of went off paleo and started eating gluten again, I started getting them again. And then when I do whole thirty, I don't get them. And then when I reintroduce gluten, I get them. Well, there's there you go. There's your answer. And I I don't get them like you know it's not like if I'm eating gluten I have one the whole time. Yeah. But I'm more likely to get them. Yeah. When I have gluten. So interesting. So if you are the type of person who gets a cold sore, and it bugs the crap out of you because they're the worst, stop eating gluten. See what happens. Give it a little try. Pro tip. So we got this voice memo from a listener. I want to play it for you. Great. Joy and Claire, I really want to thank you for during your It's Brittany Bitch podcast episode about talking about how to love your body for things other than um, how it looks and what it's able to do or what it's able to carry you through. And that's really helped me because I've always been really caught up in how much I weigh or how small I am. But now I'm really excited after starting CrossFit about actually getting my double unders and getting a kipping pull up and learning how to do all these things and encouraging myself and being built up by others. And so now the year of 2018 is the year of building up myself and celebrating my abilities rather than restricting myself. It's about letting myself grow and it's celebrating this beautiful life and the body that's carrying me through it. So thank you so much. Thank you for that. One of the things that I really asked for for 2018 was I want to hear more of your voices and you guys have been sending voice memos and I want to thank you because it's so great, especially the intros. I'm loving it. So if you guys want to send us a voice memo, just like you heard, you can do that and send it to girlsgonewad at gmail.com. But I'm really glad to hear her just feeling empowered and um, that's the hope. I think that's something that Claire and I have been wanting for um, a while now is that the shift is not so much on how our bodies look and more on what our bodies can do. Was that Vicky? I don't have the name. Like I just have the audio on my computer. Oh, well, I, in our email, we have one from Vicky about, yes, this has got to be from Vicky. Yeah, no, that it's so great. And I love, I mean, first of all, it is great to actually like hear you guys talk because it like makes it more real and it makes us feel like more connected. But um, I just really love that mind shift. I think it's so crucial to, you know, focus on like the, the reality is that we are always all going to be caught up, not caught up, but like our bodies, like we live in them. <laughs> it's not realistic unless you're like some crazy monk to completely separate your identity from your body. And so I think the best that we can do as non-Zen Buddhist humans or non-Zen monk humans <laughs> is to try to come to terms with like what we're what focus we're going to have yeah 
And I, every single day, my mantra really has been the, my body's a machine, my body is a miracle, my organs are working, you know, like everything, if I'm feeling like bloated one day or whatever, I'm like, well, it's because my body needs more water or something instead of just being like, I'm feel gross. It's just, uh, I'm trying to shift it around of like, well, my organs are working really hard right now. So I just need to like let them work really hard <laughs> if they're like yeah, retaining more right. water who am i to say that that's wrong like <laughs> who am i to say give it up um well and i think it's interesting too like i remember we were texting about this last week when we posted that instagram yeah uh post and i think um one thing that a lot of people i think don't really maybe they do get it or they understand or they think about it. But I think it's always important to have a reminder of the fact that even though we talk all the time about our mindset on this and how we try to approach fitness and how we try to, you know, think about longevity and et cetera, et cetera, we still have those days, Mm -hmm. a lot of them, you know, all the time. And like, I still have those days all the time where I'm like, why don't I have my pre baby body back? Or like, I'm never going to be fit again. Or, whatever. And you still have those days of like, you know, my pants don't, or my pants are too tight or yeah, whatever. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just because we are here, like saying, this is what, this is what we want to think about. It doesn't mean that that's always the reality. Like we still very much, we're not immune no. to those thought processes and patterns. And, and they're fewer and far, far more far, fewer and farther mm-hmm. between than maybe they used to be. But I mean, like when I was down in Florida this week, I was like, when I was packing, I was like, I don't want to wear shorts. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, I think I'm really self-conscious about my knees, which is weird, a weird thing to be self-conscious about. But like, I don't want to wear shorts around people. Yeah. Just some weird crap like that. You like weird crap, like, yeah. I'm going mm-hmm. to my grandmother's funeral and I'm like worried about my knee fat. Yeah, but, you know. But like, that's the thing. It's like, we all have that stuff. Yeah. Like, yeah. Scott and I were uh, walking around this weekend and we dro- dropped into some stores and I just wasn't feeling good. But he was like, you know, bless his heart. He always wants to help me shop. And he's like, let's find some new. His whole thing is he's always like, let's find a new look for you. <laughs> and we were going into some stores. I'm like, I just am not in the mood to try things on. Like, I don't, I'm not feeling great today. And it felt really weird to say that. But I was like, I'm just gonna, like, I don't want to try things on. It's gonna put me in a bad mood. And that's okay. But um, honestly, God, the thing that's helped the most is I truly feel that talking about it on the podcast or talking about it with friends or just being really open and honest about it has been really helpful to to uh it, it gives the whole thing a lot less power so when I am having those days I'm like well that's just that's like a normal human reaction we've you know done this our entire lives we've been feeling this way for for me I've been battling these thoughts for 40 years so what's to say you know who's to say that it's just this is just gonna turn on a dime it's not and so I think uh, maturity ha- has helped a lot um talking about it with with listeners and people just being honest and you know, sharing their souls too by writing us emails has has helped a lot. So when those thoughts do come up, we're like, oh, there it is. But I'm not alone. Right. And it's and yeah, you aren't like I'm the only person who feels this way. I suck. You're like, oh, everybody has these days. They're gonna come and go. It doesn't feel great, but like I'm not gonna dwell on it, and it's gonna be over, and I'm gonna get off my life. Yeah, yeah. I so. felt that way. The worst day I've ever had, like that was probably Miles was like maybe we've talked about this I think already on the podcast once. He was like maybe two or three months old and I tried to go to Inspire and buy jeans and they literally didn't carry my size. Mm-hmm. And I used to be able to go in there and wear anything off the racks in there. And I went in yeah. and and the, and granted, when I say they didn't carry my size, the largest jean size they carry is a 29 
<laughs> we only carry sizes two. Four. No, literally. We one, three, and five. One, three, five. We only carry sizes one, three, and five. I you could curse. try yours. I curse that store. That store, well, I think, is what screwed it's me. So, like, yeah, it's and I. They should all go to hell. Going, whoever designed that store. I remember going in there, or going up to the lady and being like, "Do you have these in a bigger size?" And she just looked at me and she's like, you "No." You can try Sears. You can try Sears. She totally. I don't know. I was like, "Fine, I'm gonna go eat a scone." Oh, and continue so bad. wearing my maternity jeans. Like I literally was wearing maternity jeans. So when I walked in there, I don't know what I was thinking. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, shit gets real. It. it just happens. Like shit gets real. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So how are you doing with unemployment? Let's shift some gears. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So this is my, this will be my, so two weeks ago on, when you guys hear this, two weeks ago on Tuesday would have been my last day. And it's been crazy. It's been a little nuts. I, I think it still really hasn't sunk in because the last two weeks we've been like going nonstop. Like, yeah. So a, a little backstory. When I originally gave my notice, like in the, like early December, um, I had it in my mind that my grandmother's service was actually the previous week, that it was like the 19th and not the 26th. And so I had originally said like, my last day needs to be the 16th or the 17th because I, or the 16th because I have to travel for my grandma's funeral. And then a couple of weeks later, when I went to go buy my plane ticket, luckily I double checked with my dad and he's like, no, 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 it's the next week. But I wasn't about to go back to my boss and be like, hey, I'm actually going to stay on an extra week because I'd already given six weeks notice. And I was like, this is, I'm not going to like delay the inevitable so first of all if you are listening former boss i did not lie like i'm like so nervous that she like saw my stuff on instagram and was like you said you had to go to a funeral because i never said anything about it i was like I'm sure out of here. right so i feel kind of bad about that i feel like i need to like write her an email and be like i know you saw on instagram how i went to moab instead of a funeral <laughs> this is what happened um so we went to moab <laughs> and our really good friends live in Moab. They're uh, Miles' godparents, and they have a little boy who was born in August, and we had never seen him. So we went out there and spent like four or five days with them and came back, got home on Monday, turned around and left on Thursday to go to Florida. So basically, we were gone like Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday of the last two weeks. So, mm. you know, I haven't really had any time to like let it sink in and like... I'm not employed right now. How great did it feel to delete the Outlook? Oh my gosh, it was your... so awesome. Yeah. And then my boss called me. I told you this. My boss actually called me. Oh, yes. That Friday. Yeah. And was just like, something was like going on. And she was just like, hey, I'm sorry. I know you don't work for, any, for me anymore, but like I'm on the mountain and like this thing has just come up and I don't really have time to like dig through everything to try to figure out what the backstory is. Do you mind just kind of giving me two minutes and telling me what the backstory is here? Because, like, people are on the ground and, like, stuff's coming up. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah. So I told her. And and she's like, okay. I think I hang up and Brandon was like, what was that all about? And I was like, it doesn't matter. I don't it's work not there my anymore. my job. I was kind of pissed. I mean, I hope, like, whoever that was is not listening or at least doesn't take this the wrong way. But part of me no. was like, why the hell are they calling you? You don't work there anymore. I mean, <laughs> I, I totally got it. And I was happy to talk to her because it was like they were literally were standing there with the client. Sure. And, like, something was coming up and it was like, what the hell? I don't know. I wasn't here for this. Like, you know, you need to answer questions in that moment. Yeah. And so it was like, let's just get on the phone. Yeah. So I was happy to do that. And I, you know, was, had to kind of throw something else under the bus, unfortunately, but was like, go talk to this person because (laughs) I thought they were handling this. (laughs) Um, so anyway, and yeah, so I felt like really it's, I have still though, ever since that came up, I like, will have these little moments of like, (gasps) did I forget? Like, did I save that email or, did, and then I'm like, you know what? I, there is no way 
that I left every single thing tied up in a bow. Yeah. But I gave them unrealistic amounts of notice. I worked my butt off. You know, I was there until like six o'clock the night, my last night. I stayed until 7.30 that Friday. things up, yeah. Yeah, Monday night and Tuesday night, I was there until like six o'clock. I was like, I could not have given, I could not have worked harder up until my last minute. And finally, I was like, I just have to cut the cord. And like, whatever is undone is unfinished, is unfinished, and I just have to be okay with that. Mm -hmm. And that was really stressful for me. So it's taken me a little while and some like time and distance from that to be like, it's fine. I did as much as I could and like, I don't work there anymore. Yeah. And it's not my responsibility. And like, you know, and so shake it off. Yeah. And like, there are other people there, you know, who were copied on emails or whatever, who can figure it out. These are, they're all comp, like, you know, capable adults. They can figure it out. Yeah. This is not rocket science. So yeah, it's been good. Um, I have completely dropped the ball with this. Like, so I'm going to try to start working with this climbing gym that's opening in Longmont to, try to offer CrossFit classes at their climbing gym. Mm. Um, but I have completely dropped the ball with communicating with these guys and for what they are willing to do in, they have like a gym space, like kind of like an area where you could potentially have weightlifting and that type of thing, but they don't like want to exclude other people from the area if they're not taking the class. And it's like, well, you can't oh. really have like a going on and have like random people just doing stuff. Right. And they're like, well, we could run like one or two classes a day. I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to like create an entire program for your gym and put all my blood, sweat, and tears into effectively opening an affiliate within your CrossFit gym for two odds a day. Mm-hmm. That like is a tag on to a climbing membership. Don't get me wrong. Like, I think if you had a combo climbing and CrossFit gym, it would be a huge hit. And like, that's why I always started CrossFit was like being straight for climbing and skiing. Right. But if you're not willing to like have it be a total like integral part of what you're doing. It's just sort of like this weird little add on. I just don't think you could be effective no. as a CrossFit coach. Well, and it'd be super distracting if people are like yeah. walking around. Right. <laughs> Even like, you know, we've all been in the gym where like some real, some, some clueless person is like trying to do open gym at a time when open gym is not happening and it's they're like wandering so around and you're like, annoying. what are you doing? Yeah. Like go away. Yeah. So I don't know. I think that I just need to email them and be like, you know what? The more I think about this, like if I'm going to put this much time and yeah. effort it's into. It's just not a fit. Well, and they, you know, they were like, you could like holistically own this, but like they would still own the affiliate and I basically would just manage it. And I'm like, I'm going to run this. I might as well just freaking open my own affiliate. Yeah. And you know, the only, the thing here is that they would be taking on the risk in terms of like the space, but they already have the space and they're mm-hmm. going to be using it for something else. Anyway. So I'm still very much open to the idea of opening an affiliate. Some wonderful person who I need to write back emailed us and she works for a nonprofit, I think, or some company that, that like helps people get in touch with nonprofits that provide um, startup funding that's mm-hmm. not just like traditional bank loans, like grants and other types of loans that are non-traditional. And she was like, I really think that you could do a combination of like these types of loans and then crowdfunding. And I would be totally down to crowdfund. Like I will send out all the stickers you guys want. You can buy 30 Claire's CrossFit gym t-shirts. It will be great. (laughs) Um, So that's an idea. But the biggest thing is like that I'm finding is it's really just all about the space. Mm -hmm. Like if you don't, you know, everyone's like, well, how much does it cost to open a gym? I'm like, well, it completely depends because if you walk into like an awesome warehouse and all you have to do is like put down floors and buy the rig, it's not a big of a deal. But if you have to like completely gut it yeah, and like retrofit something and build it out yeah. and like, you know, unless you 
are working with a landlord who's like psyched and wants to pay for all that. Yeah. <laughs> it can be super duper duper expensive. So yeah. I'm just kind of trying. And like not only that, but just the space in and of itself, like even just like warehouse space in Boulder is like 20 to $25 per square foot, which is ridiculous. Yeah. That's crazy. So anyway, um, and then I worked, as you know, on some girls got a lot of stuff last week, which is super fun. Um, redesigning our website and, we are going to hopefully be offering the Mindful Body Challenge potentially in a slightly different format um, again this spring or summer. And have you seen? Yeah, stuff. Can I can I switch gears? Because I just when yeah. you were talking about CrossFit, I was like, have you seen eighteen point zero? Yes, it's so stupid. Like the buy-in for the open. Why can't we stop? Why can't we step out on burpees anymore, Dave Castro? I don't know. Why do you hate us? That was like the one thing that we had. That's the one thing we had. I guess, okay, feet. Mom Sandy argued that that truly is how you do a burpee. And she's speaking from her military experience. So I think that you it, step it out or that you jump no, it that out? No, you jump it. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying that, like, <laughs> I know. Not a, you know, I, what I am saying is, like, you took the one thing that we had and you took it away. Right. It's kind of like saying, like, well, we're going to allow kipping pull ups. Right. But, you know, instead of, or, yeah, it'd be yeah. like saying you have to do strict pull-ups instead of kipping Well, and pulls. you know what else they don't have to do in the freaking armed forces is ch- test their chest to the ground for every dang pull-up or mm-hmm. push-up. Mm-hmm. Push-ups, you do not have to go all the way to the ground. Yeah. And I used to get in arguments about this with this one gal who I coached. And she'd be doing push-ups and I'd be like, no rep. And she'd be like, I'm in the – she is like active duty. And she'd be like, I don't have to do this for my drill sergeant. Or I never had to do this for my drill sergeant. And I was like, I don't know what to tell you. That's a no rep. That's a no rep in the CrossFit world. Yeah, in the cross world, and she'd be like, I'm in the Air Force, and they don't make me do this. And I'd be like, well, go tell them that they're slacking off. Our uh, gym did it it last week. I didn't do it the day that they did it, but I've been dying to do it. And I asked today about how long it's been taking people. And he's like, yeah, really fast people, it's about three to four minutes. What is the actual workout? 2159 of dumbbell snatches and burpees. Yeah. And I guess you can't switch the no you have to bring it, it has to be to like, like below your chin before yeah. because people were like as they were coming down they were sort of like dropping yeah. it into their other hand i wasn't doing that no i think like i wasn't either i was like that's way too much work yeah i was putting the, the dumbbell down and then picking it back with my other hand. yeah like how normal people should be doing it because right, that's exactly. freaking that's freaking yeah. hard whatever but interesting that he went out of his way to set the standards for those two movements because you know, that must mean we're going to see him in the open. Something's good. Something's going to be big. That or he's just completely throwing us off because mm-hmm. Dave, this is what Dave Castro lives for. Dave. Is throwing red herrings into the open <laughs> announcements. Do we know where the open announcements are going to happen? Mm-mm. Oh, we got to find out. Yeah, we do. I want to travel again. That was so fun. That was such a fun experience. We'll we'll talk to Jimmy. Jimmy's Jimmy. our boy. <laughs> Jimmy's oh our gosh. inside man. <laughs> I love Jimmy. The other day I was talking to him and I told you this the other day I was talking yeah. to him and he was and I, and I was it was literally the last day at my last day at Vail. Yeah. And he was like, What are you gonna go do? And I was like, I'm thinking about opening an affiliate and he was like, Oh my gosh, like let me know. And I was like, Oh now I have to do it. <laughs> like Jimmy knows that I'm gonna start an affiliate, now I have to do it. So you guys, Jimmy is Greg's like right hand man and he's just the sweetest guy in the whole world and he's like our B- BFF and just He's so nice to us. I love him so much. Nice to us. Um, People are great. Can I finish off Anything. with a very light email? Um, but, but hold on. Before we before we finish, can we talk about JT? Oh, yeah. Yeah, let's talk about JT. So oh, we posted something about how JT like passed his recertification. And it, every time we kind of post about JT, 
more and more people say like, oh my gosh, I how did I not know that he was a yeah. service animal? Mm-hmm. So give give the JT spiel. Sure, I'll give the JT spiel. And talk about the recertification and like yeah. what that all entailed. Yeah, so uh, if you have been listening from the beginning, you probably heard this whole journey to get JT, but JT is a trained service animal through Canine Companions for Independence. And what that means is they're an agency that raises service animals and um, you apply to get a service animal and they give it to you and train you free of charge. But it's a very, very long application process. It took me about two years to be on the wait list and get matched with a dog. It's a really cool agency. I encourage everyone to just at least know about it because how they match service animals with humans is just amazing. So um, I got JT to work with me in therapy uh, about four years ago. And so he's, yeah, he's trained through CCI and he works with me every single day. He's, he knows like 60 somewhat commands and he's just, the whole agency is just amazing. And so we often do a lot of shout outs to CCI. If you guys ever see that, that's what we're referencing because that's JT's agency and they match uh, people with disabilities and children um, with disabilities. The parents would be the handlers. And so it's a really cool uh, setup that they have. They also do dogs for working with uh, PTSD, veterans with PTSD, and then they also have hearing dogs. So JT and I have been certified since 2012. When did we start podcasting, Claire? 13? So I think yeah, JT and I, yeah, so JT and I got Because you got him right before my fall. wedding, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it was right after we started podcasting, 13. So that's what, four years? <clears throat> yeah. Um, so uh, after, after three years, we have to get recertified. And so um, the first year they certified us, and then three years later, they, th- they had to recertify us. So we were up for recertification this year. And so we just had to go do his testing, and it was pretty intense. I didn't expect it to be that intense, um, just like all the commands that he had to do. But he's so good. Like, they had us do this one command. It's called under, and basically, you just have to lead them under a bench. So, like, if you're sitting down, you can put them underneath you so they're not in the way. And he and I never do that command. And CCI always encourages you to, like, if you don't do the command, if, if you don't do it on a daily basis just don't worry about like keeping it fresh with the dog because it just stresses them out and if they're not going to use it like you just don't need to train them on it and so we were walking through like doing these drills um we met at like kind of like the source but it's the stanley marketplace but it looks like the source yeah we went there we podcasted there once stanley marketplace yeah remember no denver that was the denver central market the Stanley Marketplace oh, is like oh, in oh, Stapleton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like over in yeah, and yeah. but it's kind of like that place. So we were like walking through, and um, the, she's like, "Okay, let's let's do an under." And I was like, she points to this bench, and she's like, "How about you do an under?" And I'm like, "Oh shit!" I'm like, "We haven't done this command in a long time, but let's see." And he totally did it. I was so proud of him. <laughs> it's like JT under. Hey, I like hey. led him under there, and he just like kind of half crawled in. I'm like, "That's all you're gonna get. He's not gonna go all the way under there." <laughs> But yeah, so we're certified for another three years. And uh, after the next probably two, three years, he's going to retire because they don't encourage the service animals to work past eight or nine. And that made me sad because it made me realize I was like, oh, it's like his last certification until we stop working together. But yeah, so that's what CCI is. Canine Companions for Independence. Ah, JJ. Oh, my pooches. He's literally just a professional snuggler, though. He really is. He loves cuddling. So what do you... 
Talk a little bit more about like what you actually work with him on. Cause I think like when people hear, Oh, Joey has a service dog, it can be kind of confusing. Oh, well, he yeah. doesn't, he's not like your, no, he doesn't work for me. He works with me. So when we go to work, we do a lot of therapy groups throughout the day. We're greeting a lot of patients uh, in the waiting room. There's a lot of employees that will come to see him just to kind of de-stress. So he's kind of in and out my out my out of my office all day. Um, so employees will kind of come in and just pet him. And that's, you know, obviously helping the staff that deals with a lot of stress. Um, we de-escalate a lot of situations. So there'll be patients who are kind of amped up. And if you put a dog, you know, I'll bring the dog out there and the dog, I'll bring JT out there and everyone kind of like immediately just calms down. We had a situation last week that where that happened and it was just like so cool to see him um, kind of in action that way. But it doesn't happen a ton, but when it does happen, it's just like, only animals can have that effect. It's really cool to see. Um, but he loves doing groups. Like he, so we do a, a lot of different types of groups, chemical dependency groups, really intensive outpatient groups. And um, he likes to do his rounds and see people. And so he goes to everyone in the group and like sniffs them and says hi. And then when groups, when he's done saying hi to everybody, he goes and sits in the middle of the room and just falls asleep. Um, but it's really, it's magical because everyone just loves him. And it always astounds me that like everyone requests him. Not I don't know why I'm surprised by that, but I'm always like, oh, it's just so cool that everyone just accepts him here and how powerful he is. And people, whenever I'm at work, everyone's just like, where's JT? Like the second I get to work, people just look to where he sits in my office and they don't even say hi to me, which I don't even care. Like it doesn't matter to me because I'm like, I would be the same way. But people don't even say hi to me. They look and see if he's there. And then he's, they're like, oh, hi, Joy. <laughs> like it's still, I get it. He's very I adorable. Human. Yeah, it's, awesome. it's so fun. So that's what he does. He provides yeah. a lot of different types of support in behavioral health where I work. And uh, he does a very good job. And we sometimes get emails from people who are saying like, I'm interested in applying for a service dog. Um, what do you say to those people? Well, it kind of depends. I don't want to go too far down this rabbit hole of like, a, there's a lot of information out there that is not good information. So if you're looking to get a service animal to work with the service animal and in like a behavioral health setting or a medical setting, you can absolutely look at Canine Companions for Independence because they have uh, a, a section of animals, which, you know, JT falls under that category that work in medical settings. Um if you're someone with a disability or have a child with a disability, you can also apply, apply through CCI. But if you have a pet and you're like, oh, I just want my dog to travel with me or I want my dog to just have public access, that's not allowed and it's not legal. And so I just encourage everyone to, you know, without going into the boring details of like read the rules of, the, you know, I think it's like the American Service Dog Associate, Association that has the rules of like what you can do and not do with a dog. So if you just want to put a fake vest on your dog and go to Target, Target, that's actually illegal to do and no one's going to stop you because it's just not something that's regulated but you need to know that you're actually doing harm to people who actually need service animals so um same goes for can, people who travel some states will allow you if you have just a pet to have them certified as therapy animals and then you can take them like and like visit hospice care yes. or nursing homes or schools but there it's a difference between like you can take them in and they can kind of yeah, have any, that yeah. You know, community vibe, but you can't like take them on a plane type of thing. Right. And any establishment can tell, can allow pets. Um, Home Depot allows pets. 
Um, there's certain stores that just allow pets, like Petco allows pets. So everyone can take their dog there. But what you have to be careful of is you cannot put a vest on a dog and call it a service animal if it is not trained. Um, we see it all the time in our clinic and it's really annoying because people will be like, oh, this is my service dog. And they don't know that they don't know what I know. So it's like, I'll be like, oh, okay, so where are they trained from? And they're like, they can't answer the question. And then the dog's like barking at people. I'm like, well, actually, your dog's not trained to be, you know, in a social setting. So you're going to have to remove the dog. And they get really upset at me. But I'm allowed to say that because no service animal is going to be causing a ruckus in a waiting room. They're just not like that's just not going to happen. Um, and so it's a fake service animal. So I'm a I'm a stickler on that. And I, I hope I didn't like just bore everyone to death. But it's something I just feel really passionate about as far as like educating yourself of like know what you're asking when you when you're saying, oh, I want to get my pet a vest or I want to have it be an emotional support animal, you have to understand what you're asking. Because, you know, when I trained with all these, I trained with a class of eight people at CCI and with a variety of conditions and situations of life, um, one of which was a um, wounded warrior. And you look at him and you can't tell he has a prosthetic leg because he wears long pants. And so, you know, when he goes places and he has a service animal, people don't understand that that service animal is working for him. And so if someone's um, pet service animal attacks his dog, he can't function in his daily life. So it people don't really understand that they're like disrupting. And they're also giving service animals a bad name because everyone is doing it. So they're kind of like, you know, on planes, everyone's like, oh, everyone's bringing their animals on the plane. Well, it's like, but there's people who actually do need that. So... I just encourage everyone like if you're truly invested in that or at least or even if you have friends who like joke about that I just I don't I take that very seriously and I get on the soapbox about it clearly so I'm gonna shut up now <laughs> I remember one time we were like in Target and somebody had their dog in the car in the cart and you were like that's not a thing if you have nope. a service animal they can't ride in the cart nope service animals like, do not get carried they don't get carried in a cart they don't get carried in a purse they don't get carried in a I don't care what service animals walk next to you yeah I get very mad about this stuff. <laughs> and it's funny right, because well, like you see an animal and you're always like, oh, it's so cute. And I always give people the stink eye because I'm just like, it's not, an, not a service dog. <laughs> Scott's like, calm down. Anyway, okay, well, let's leave. We'll read okay. the email next week because we ran okay. out of time. I just went off on a tangent. I get so passionate. Okay. Oh, my goodness. This episode is going to be called like, don't put a fake vest on your dog. <laughs> <sighs> Or something about the Great British Baking Show because that oh was a gosh. really good intro. So good. On your mark. All right, guys. Get set. Bake. 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 Bake.